Our reading comes from Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 6, verses 10 to 17. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. Therefore, put on the full armour of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm, then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. May God's word speak to our hearts. First of all, I bring greetings from Romsey Baptist Church. Thank you for your warm welcome um, this morning. Um, as I think most of you know, um, our wonderful minister had a cancer diagnosis last year and everything was going well until a few weeks ago. And he's now on end-of-life palliative care, which is quite a surprise and shock uh, to us as a church. And we're, we're obviously still coming to terms with that. The church is in, in a good place, so to speak. Um, Community Cafe yesterday morning was... The, the best one we've ever had. I'm pleased to say I'm here with my long-suffering wife, Sheila, today. Um, and I seem to remember last time I was here, I said that um, we just found out we we're expecting twin grandchildren. Well, we now know it's going to be twin girls. Um, and so, oh, God willing, in a few months' time, we'll have a five-a-side football team of girls um, and one boy. Um, I think he'll hold his own. Um, he's quite a, a stocky lad, um, but um, I think he um, will be an interesting uh, experience for him. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts will be acceptable to you. For we ask it in your name's sake. Amen. If you have um, a very good memory, you might recall that when I was here um, last, I was looking at finding God in the small things of life based from the book of Esther. Well, I'm just going to move this, Alan, because my notes are going to fall down. Thank you. Um, I've decided today to do something quite different and almost go the other extreme. Esther is, is a little bit um, obscure, um, but the armour of God passage that Janet just read is far from obscure. I don't know if you struggle sometimes to know what to pray for. Well, this morning I'm going to suggest six things that um, we can pray for based on the, um, the armour of God. The trouble with this passage is that it's very familiar to many people. And what can I say that you don't know already? On the other side of the coin, there may be some people 
for whom this passage is fresh and new. And as it's an important passage, I think it's something it's good to come back to every now and then. So I'm hoping to do two things this morning. I'm hoping to cover the obvious and then perhaps not quite so obvious. The context of the passage is really simple. Paul is in prison and he's writing this letter of Ephesians to believers who are living under an unwelcome, brutal, occupying army, just like what's happening in Europe now at the moment, isn't it? Now, I'm sure you've noticed how Jesus used visual aids to illustrate what he was talking about. So he'd look around him and he'd teach something to his disciples about the Christian life by referring to everyday objects. Often it was um, farming or the weather or fishing or something like that. And I imagine that's what Paul does. He's in, he's in prison and he's being guarded by at least one strong, well-armed, alert Roman soldier. And what does he see? Well, he sees the man's armour. And, and then the penny drops and he realises that he can use this as an illustration of the Christian life. That's why I chose this chainsaw. It wasn't a perfect illustration for, for earlier on because it protects us which is what armour does. If Paul had been a gardener in 2020, he wouldn't have used the um, Roman armour illustration. He could have used a chainsaw illustration because the Bible is always relevant to the situation. But to compare the Christian life with what a soldier wears doesn't come easily to us nowadays, does it? Battles aren't nice things to hear about. We hear them about them on the news every evening at the moment. But only a generation ago, we would regularly be singing, onward Christian soldiers are marching us to war, or stand up, stand up uh, for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross, or um, soldiers of Christ arise and put your armour on. Now the younger people here this morning won't know what I'm talking about but I've seen some knowing nods in the last moment or two. We don't sing those songs anymore. Alan has, be, has very cleverly chosen really relevant songs for this morning. I didn't know how he, he did it. Spot on. And only a generation ago, the Salvation Army would have been one of the, the biggest churches around. But nowadays, we don't hear so much about the, the dangers and difficulties of the Christian life, do we? And the importance of armour. That's why... I like the Bible so much. It gets the balance right. It includes the difficulties of the Christian life as well as the wonderful news of God's loving kindness. If every Sunday morning you only had a sermon on the arm of God, that would be pretty grim and you wouldn't have the right view of the Christian life. If every Sunday morning you only had a sermon about God's loving kindness, that equally wouldn't be right. You can't do everything in one Sunday morning, but that's why it's good to be in church regularly to get the, 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 the complete story. So I'm going to, first of all, remind ourselves of the familiar. The first thing you might recall is in verse 14. 14 says, stand firm then with a belt of truth buckled round your waist. So, what's all this about? Nowadays, a belt is just something that holds up our trousers or, or maybe a fashion statement. It can make people look better or take a lot more than a belt to make me look better, I can tell you. But a Roman soldier's belt was something quite different. It was big, thick leather belt that held all the other pieces of the armour together. 
it held the breastplate in place so that it wouldn't fly up in the soldier's face in the heat of battle. And it would also hold the sword. And anything valuable, like money, would be in it like a pouch attached to the belt. So the belt that Paul is referring to is far more important than the modern belt is. Paul's belt held, held all the pieces of the armour together. And I noticed that he says it's got to be buckled in place. There's no good having a belt and having it in the drawer. No good having a belt loose around you. It's got to be done up and buckled. It's got to be used. But why would Paul call it the belt of truth? Because truth functions like a belt. It holds all our pieces of spiritual armour together. Truth acts like a, a standard, really. It's what our entire belief system is based on. And if Satan can make us doubt the truth, then he loosens our belt and we're, we're left without the right protection. And I do find it interesting to note that truth comes first in the list. What is truth? In John 17, verse 17, we read that your word is truth. So the Bible is the truth. Unless we know what we believe, then we're wasting our time. Now I'm sure that Wilton Baptist has many faults, but I'm equally sure that um, one of the good things about this church is the truth is preached Sunday by Sunday in this church. We may find it to be an uncomfortable truth, but that's what the truth does. It shines a light onto our weaknesses and into our problems. People believe all sorts of things nowadays, don't they? And many of these beliefs are comforting and would, would be nice, but, but the only truth that really matters is the truth that's found in the Bible. So the belt of truth is fundamental to our Christian life, just as it was uh, a belt was fundamental to a Roman soldier. The second thing that we should pray for, also in verse 14, with the breastplate of righteousness in place. In the first century, the breastplate would protect all the, the vital organs of the Roman soldier. And if it was missing, if it was incomplete, if it was damaged, then the soldier's life was at risk. And again, look at the small, the small print, so to speak. Paul says it's in place. It's no good having a breastplate of righteousness, but leaving it in the wardrobe or, or leaving it somewhere else. It's got to be in place. But this word righteousness seems rather posh and theological, and I am neither. I try to avoid such words, because they can sound like um, Christian jargon, but this, this morning I can't. So what is righteousness? Simply put, righteousness is right living. Living in the right way in God's eyes. And rather unsurprisingly, the Bible has a lot to say about righteousness. Paul devotes whole chapters elsewhere in the New Testament to, talk, to writing about righteousness. For instance, in Romans 10, he says, righteousness comes from God. So we don't um, work ourselves up into an excited state of righteousness. We fill ourselves with God. Paul loves the theme of righteousness and argues it's one of the most important aspects of being a Christian. Righteousness is faith in action. It's doing, saying, even trying to think the right things. But let's be clear and honest. We're never going to be 
completely righteous, at least this side of heaven. Um, and anybody who says so is probably not being righteous already. Before we leave the idea of righteousness, though, we need to remember one more thing. Our own righteousness will never save us. It isn't the reason for our salvation, it's our response to it. Let me say that again, because I really think it's quite important. Righteousness is not the reason for our salvation. Righteousness is our response to our salvation. The breastplate of righteousness. The third thing that we should pray for is a bit of a mouthful um, and is found in verse 15. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Every Roman soldier would wear good protective footwear. And it may seem strange to consider shoes to be part of armour, but can you imagine going to war without proper footwear? Now, the Roman soldier wore um, a heavily-soled military sandal, really, with, with leather straps that came, came up the, 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 the leg to some extent, and sometimes they'd hammer nails down through the sole to make it even stronger. Strangely, out of all these pieces of armour, good footwear is particularly important to me at the moment. On Wednesday, I'm starting a walk that could be eight or ten weeks long. I'm not joking. Um, and I've been practicing last uh, Friday, I was in Lulworth, Worth Matravers area. And I can tell you that foot, good footwear is really important when walking difficult paths. Shoes are necessary to protect our feet. They allow us to walk on different surfaces without hurting ourselves. And a soldier without good shoes wouldn't be able to focus on battle because they'd all be all worried about where they're, where they're standing. And three times in our passage, Paul says we should stand firm. Stand firm was actually a military term. And can you imagine trying to stand firm without the right footwear? And just as every soldier needed the proper gear to protect his feet, our feet should be used to spread the gospel message of Jesus Christ. That's what this verse says. But in fact, it's even simpler than that. Jesus elsewhere says to his disciples that they will be witnesses everywhere they go and not just when they decide to do some witnessing. And the same applies to us. Whether we, whether we like it or not, whether it's convenient or not, whether we're in a good mood or bad mood, tired or unwell, we are all the time being a witness to Christ. Our neighbours know what we're up to. We're taking the gospel with us, whether we want to or not, but we'll do a better job if we're able to stand firm in our faith. The next thing that we should pray for is quite a well-known part of, of this passage, really, in verse 16. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Now, a Roman soldier would have access to two uh, different types of shield. Firstly, a fairly small one, usable by one arm, so the other one is available for a sword, or a, a large rectangular one, a bit like a modern transparent fleece shield, really. And this large shield 
would be heavy and need two strong arms, and therefore it would be a bit cumbersome. And before battle, they would soak these large shields in water, making it even heavier, so that if a flaming arrow hit it, the, the, the flame would be doused, hopefully, and, and go out. Also, these large shields were designed to lock together onto the next shield, so the, all the enemy saw, frankly, was something really a bit like a, uh, an approaching wall, which must have been quite a terrifying sight. But what does this mean for us? Firstly, again, look at the small print. Paul says we should take up the shield. It's no good having a shield and leaving it elsewhere. It needs to be where it should be. Now, I imagine that in prison, Paul's guards might have been using the smaller, more manoeuvrable shield. And as Christians, we are attacked left, right and centre, whether it's at work or play or sometimes in the church. And we need to have our, our guard up, our, our shield of faith up. We need to, to manoeuvre our faith in the right direction, to fend off whatever is attacking us. Satan will change tactics and we need to be able to respond and be relevant. We can't stay in a Christian rut. We have to move with the times. If, on the other hand, Paul is maybe may uh, probably referring to the large shield, I, I don't know, um, then this can be, as I said, slightly cumbersome. But the application is, is equally clear. There is strength in numbers if we stick together. All churches are a bit cumbersome, but it's better to be in a cumbersome church um, with others than on your own. If a Roman soldier got separated from his regiment, then he would quickly become vulnerable, and that would usually be the end of that Roman soldier. And if we think that we can live a Christian life all by ourselves, without the support and help and, and encouragement of others, then we too become vulnerable and find ourselves in trouble. That's why we need the shield of faith. The next aspect we can pray for comes in the first part of verse 17. Take the helmet of salvation. Clearly, the helmet protects our heads. And as believers, we need to protect our, our intellect and our thoughts. Becoming a Christian doesn't involve blind faith, uh, a lobotomy, or not questioning something. Sometimes at house group, we come across a difficult issue. A few weeks ago, we were looking at uh, refugees and asylum seekers, and Tuesday just gone, we're particularly relevant to our church, we are looking at why, does, why do bad things happen to good people? Why doesn't God answer the prayer like we know he should? We obviously know a lot better than God. And sometimes it's, it's, house group is, um, is difficult, and we have to agree to disagree. Um, or sometimes we have to um, just say we don't know. A good Christian is a thinking Christian. An effective Christian will engage in moral and even political debates. So we need not only to protect our thoughts, but also protect um, our intellect and the ability to think things through. The sixth and final aspect of the um, armour is also in verse 17. And the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. This is the only offensive weapon mentioned here. So we're talking here 
about the Bible. In the spiritual realm, the word of, word of God is the weapon that defeats the devil. You'll remember Jesus being tempted by the devil in, in the wilderness, and three times he quoted scripture, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. It is written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. It is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Too often, I find myself saying, it is written somewhere. I know that my, my sword can be blunt, but a Roman soldier's sword would be terrifyingly sharp. And just as a Roman soldier's sword was powerful and effective, so is the Bible, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Now, just for uh, the sake of completeness, um, I am aware that Paul carries on and tells his readers to be alert. Clearly, a good Roman soldier would always be alert, as Christians should be. But that is not strictly part of the, the physical armour, more of a, a characteristic. I'm just going to park that to one side. Now, I said earlier that I wanted to do two things. Firstly, to cover the obvious, which I've tried to do. But now I want to think outside the box a bit. I've let myself mull this over. And I think that there might be more to this passage than simply the six pieces of armour which I've mentioned so far. I hope I'm not reading too much into it, but I did notice that none of the armour protects their backs. No Roman soldier would turn his back on the enemy. And I think that as Christians we need to pray that we can face up to whatever comes our way. We need to face our enemy, as difficult as that is. If we, if we turn around and run away in fear, we expose ourselves to attack. We always need to be moving forward. At long last, we've come out of lockdown, but do we simply go back to the, the same old? Just as you can't steer a car that's not moving. The same applies to us or as individuals or perhaps as a church. You've moved the configuration of this church around. It's good to do things different. I like different. God likes different as well. We need to be always moving forward because otherwise we'll never change direction. I also noticed that twice Paul says to put on this armour. We're not born with it on. When we become Christians, we don't suddenly have it. That would be rather nice though, wouldn't it? We have to put it on in prayer. That's why I think it is good sometimes to revisit familiar passages like, like this one every now and then, because it's so easy to forget, to forget to pray to put on our Christian armour. No Roman soldier would ever contemplate not putting on his armour, and, and we need to follow the same approach. Finally, I notice, and again, I think Paul says it twice, he tells us to put on the full armour of God. Many of us here can, will remember the Woolworths pick and mix counter, whereby you could help yourself to just the sweets you wanted and avoid the ones you weren't so keen on. Well, sadly, that won't wash for us this morning. No Roman soldier worth his salt would say to his centurion, uh, sorry, sir, I, I've had a, a bad night, up with the children, not feeling 100%, rather tired, too busy at home, haven't had time to put all my armour on today, but, but I've managed some of it. If he didn't dress properly, then, then 
Van Gogh's job, or maybe worse, I don't know. Maybe the same applies to us. Sorry, you wouldn't believe how tired, how busy, how unwell, how rushed I am. So I haven't been able to put on all my armour today. Oh, I've, I've got the shield of faith and the helmet of salvation, but, but the rest will have to wait uh, for uh, another time. I mentioned earlier about putting on the protective stuff for the chainsawing. I reckon it's the one time that you don't put on the protective equipment that you'll have an accident. And the same for us in the Christian life. When we forget to pray, to put on the full armour of God, then that's when things might well go wrong in the Christian life. So, quite a lot to take on board this morning. I don't know where the challenge has been for you, whether this is new to you and you're having a tussle with the belt of truth or through righteousness, right living, or witnessing and sharing God's good news, or the shield of faith, or the helmet of salvation, the intellect, your thoughts, or, or the word of God, the spirit, um, the, the thought of the spirit, or whether it's one of the extra thoughts, that there's no armour for our backs, we need to face the enemy, or we need to put it on, and we need to put all of it on. But wherever the challenge is, the real challenge, of course, is to put it into practice. Isn't it great to be able to look at the Bible together and feel it speak to us? Thank you for listening.